Acts chapter 9. And our text for tonight is the verse 6. The Lord is met with Saul of Tarsus in the road to Damascus. Let <coughs> me read. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. When we think of the Apostle Paul, we surely think of one who was a tireless missionary, traveled many, many miles, to carry the gospel to those who had never heard. We think of not only a tireless missionary, but one who was a tremendous preacher, a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and one also who received the martyr's crime. We are introduced to him over in Acts 7 and there we read in Acts 7 and verse 58 and they cast him out of the city and stoned him that is Stephen and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul that's the first mention of one who would become an apostle of the Lord Jesus. First mention, Acts 7 and verse 58. He also tells us later in Acts 22, in verse 3, he said, I am a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia. So he was a Jew, makes that clear. He was a Jew, and we're told in Philippians 3 and verse 5, he was a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin. So these are things that we're learning about this man, Saul of Tarsus, or Paul the Apostle. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. And perhaps that is why his parents gave him the name of Saul because the first king of Israel was of the tribe of Benjamin we know that from 1 Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 and so he was possibly named after Saul King Saul the first king of Israel we're told that he was from Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus, a city located 10 miles inland from the Mediterranean Sea in the Roman province of Cilicia. He was obviously very proud of his birthplace because he spoke 
of Tarsus as being no mean city. Acts 21 verse 39. Tarsus no mean city. He was a well-educated individual. We know from Acts 22 verse 3. Brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel. And taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers. This was of course in contrast to the other apostles. How were the other apostles described? They were described in Acts 4 verse 13 as unlearned and ignorant men. But we see in contrast Paul was a very well educated individual. We know also that this Saul of Tarsus had learned the trade of tent making. He was a tent maker. Acts 18 and verse 3. Yes, he was a very religious man. As he later testified, before Agrippa he said after the most strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee after the most strictest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee Acts 26 and verse 5 he may have been a very religious individual but his religion most certainly did not make him a holy man. Neither did his religion make him a gracious individual. In fact, the very opposite, as we will see. And maybe you'll be surprised to learn just how wicked and cruel Saul of Tarsus was before his conversion. But it was when grace, the grace of God, arrested him on that road to Damascus, we read that he became a fair brand for Christ. When I was studying for the message tonight, and studied what Paul or Saul of Tarsus was before he was saved, that's what came to mind. The amazing grace of God. How God's grace can change a man so dramatically. And that's what we want to consider then. The amazing grace of God in the life of this man Paul. Let us see what he was then. And what he did before that momentous event on the Damascus road I want to first of all look at Paul and his company the company he kept and it said you can tell what a man is by the company he keeps well when we look at the company that Paul kept it certainly tells us what kind of a man he was. 
We see first of all he assisted in a murder. He assisted in a murder. When we are first introduced to him as we've already read there in Acts chapter 7 we find him involving himself in the murder of a lovely godly Christian man man called Stephen turn over to Acts 7 then and there we read verse 57 and verse 58 then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears as Stephen spoke and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul He assisted in Stephen's murder. The witnesses mentioned here were those who witnessed the preaching of Stephen. They witnessed the preaching of Stephen and they regarded it as being heretical. And so they went to the law, the law of Moses. And there we read in Deuteronomy 17 and verse 7 The hands of the witnesses shall be first upon him to put him to death. And so those who witnessed the ministry of Stephen they believed what he was saying was heretical of course it wasn't. But that's what they believed and their distorted view of what Stephen was saying and what he preached they went to the law of Moses and being witnesses to the preaching of Stephen they were the first to stone Stephen to death and that they might get more power in their arms to stone him they took off their outer, their outer garments and led them at the feet of a young man called Saul. Saul was just a young man. We see that. Maybe in his twenties. He was a young man. And we find him as a young man in the wrong company. Because Saul's life went from bad to worse. He was in the wrong company. And many a young man has made shipwreck of his life. Because he got caught up in the wrong company. Solomon gives sound instruction and sound advice to young men Proverbs chapter 1 Proverbs 1 and verse 10 my son if sinners entice thee consent thou not 
Then you go down to verse 15. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Walk not in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil. And make haste to shed blood. You'd almost think that those words were written just for Saul of Tarsus. He was in the wrong company. And their feet ran that day to shed blood. To shed the blood of Stephen. And there he was in the wrong company. And they brought their clothes and they led them at the feet of this young man called Saul. As well as him assisting in the murder. <coughs> we have noticed that he agreed to a murder. Blinded by his religion and his hatred for Christianity. This young man Saul went from bad to worse. From being perhaps given the benefit of the doubt from being passively involved in such actions he, came, he became actively involved in persecuting and in murder. This was the same Paul the Apostle. You turn now to Acts chapter 8. Acts 8 and verse 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. So there was no voice of protest raised by Saul. Saul was consenting unto his death. There we see, he agreed with those who stoned Stephen to death. He agreed in this murder. That word consenting. The word consenting means to think well. It means to take pleasure with others. And so when the witnesses were stoning Stephen to death, Saul took pleasure in what he saw and gave him great pleasure to see this man stoned to death. Can you believe that this was the same man who went everywhere preaching the gospel who became such a great missionary and a great preacher of Christ and yet here he is he was glad he agreed with what the witnesses were doing he took pleasure in what he saw he agreed wholeheartedly in what they were doing he was glad that the voice of Stephen had been silenced that never again would he hear Stephen 
preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Does this not bring home to us the power of the grace of God? That here was a man who agreed, who took pleasure in seeing a young Christian man brutally murdered, stoned to death. And that man who took pleasure in such a sight became a missionary of the gospel and a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the grace of God. We should take encouragement from that. (coughs) That those who have unsaved loved ones and they're far from God We see here regarding Saul of Tarsus what the grace of God can do. And the grace of God hasn't changed. As God hasn't changed, there's still power in the grace, the amazing grace of God. John Newton got it right, didn't he? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine with blind. But now I see. We've seen Saul. He assisted in a murder. He agreed to a murder. He took pleasure in it. He was glad to see Stephen being stoned to death. Next we see his associates in the murder. No, he didn't try and distance himself from those who murdered Stephen. As we've already said, he didn't try and stop them. Instead, and Saul was consenting unto his death. Go down to verse 3 of chapter 8. Verse 3. As for Saul. Saul saw what the witnesses did to Stephen. And they agreed with him. Then we read. As for Saul. He made havoc of the church. Entering into every house. And howling men and women committed them to prison we need to read that verse again as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering into every house not the odd house every house and having men and women committed them men and women men and women committed them to prison there you have his associates he joined with those who stoned Stephen he joined with those who opposed the preaching of the gospel he joined with those who were against the Christians as for Saul he made havoc of the church like a wild animal it was as if he'd got a taste of blood 
He had seen what happened to Stephen. It pleased him, as we've seen. And that's the Holy Spirit commentary. He consented unto his death. He was pleased with what he had seen. And as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. He got a taste of blood, as it were. And as then he went on from bad to worse with greater fervor he went on to persecute believers. We read as for Saul he made havoc of the church. The word havoc that we have here in this verse only appears once in the New Testament just the once applied to Saul of Tarsus the word means to thoroughly destroy to thoroughly destroy to ravage it also means to devastate. So that gives us a picture of what Paul was about. What he was about as Saul of Tarsus. He made havoc of the church. He was out to thoroughly destroy the church of Jesus Christ. To ravage the church to devastate the church and again believer this is the Holy Spirit's commentary on Saul of Tarsus and what he was before the Lord saved them Paul wanted to destroy the gospel witness in Jerusalem he wanted to destroy the church And that's how others understood it. Others. And what they said about Paul after he had been converted. They remembered what he was. And that's how they understood what he was about. They knew. They believed he was out to destroy the church and the believers. Look at Acts 9. verse 21 and all that heard him were amazed and heard Paul and said is not this he that destroyed them which called on, the, on his, this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound under the chief priests that was his reputation when they heard him speak they said, is this the same Paul is this the man is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem Galatians 
chapter 1 verse 23 that they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed so that's how others understood what Paul was about he was out to destroy indeed Paul himself testified after his conversion that that was his intention Galatians 1 and verse 13 for ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews religion how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it destroyed it that's what he was about once again reading about the behaviour of Paul before his conversion do we not marvel at the chains that God wrought by his grace in Paul's life when we read these verses and read what he did and how cruel and wicked he was we surely think of the grace of God how could someone so wicked so hard hearted with such a hatred for Christianity and the preaching of the gospel how could such an individual become such a missionary and such a mighty man of God a holy man of God and such a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ how could such a change take place what we have read thus far you see the change in Paul's life to that time he said for to me to live is Christ to die is gain a man who was so opposed to the gospel of Christ after his conversion Paul was able to say for to me to live is Christ how can that be explained but Paul explains it for us 1 Corinthians chapter 15 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10 here Paul explains it himself for but by the grace of God I am what I am that's what I am and it's by the grace of God by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain but I laboured more abundantly than they all yet not I but the grace of God which was with thee 
by the grace of God I am what I am sure every believer can say that by the grace of God I am what I am I am what I am by God's grace God's grace has made me what I am and there you have Saul of Tarsus and the things that he was involved in and yet he became such a man of God only God's grace can do that so they've considered Saul and his company look now at Saul and his cruelty the verses we've already looked at you say is there more was he worse than that is there something more that Saul did than what we've already read yes and again this is the testimony of the Holy Spirit the author of the book who's telling us these things about what he was before the grace of God reached and saved him from his company you see his cruelty as if what Paul had already done was not enough he went still further in his acts of hatred against Christians there in Jerusalem there we read in Acts 8 and verse 3 as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering into every house and howling men and women committed them to prison here we see first of all this persecution this persecuting the church and individuals as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering into every house and howling men and women committed them to prison regarding his work of persecution we see here his intrusions entering into every house he intruded into people's houses he intruded into homes in a search for Christians notice entering in to every house seeking believers in the Lord that he might take them and commit them to prison such was his hatred and heartless behavior breaking up families does that not remind us of what we read in history books in Nazi Germany it's the same thing the Nazis would go from house to house looking for Jews or Jewish sympathizers and they went further than imprisonment took them to the gas chambers here saw 
we have to say he was doing the same thing going from house to house entering into homes and there he would go in looking for Christians looking for believers of course such things are happening in different parts of the world today have we been praying for the Christians in Afghanistan same things happening the hatred for believers the hatred for Christians but after Paul's conversion we discover he was still going from house to house but for a very different reason Acts chapter 20 next Wednesday now we read in verse 20 Acts 20 and verse 20 and how I kept back nothing referring to his ministry to the church in Ephesus how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house <coughs> there again is the dramatic change in this man's life serving the Lord with all humility of mind from a man who was so proud of his religion so proud of his zeal for his religion and proud indeed for his of his hatred for believers now he's read serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations was befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was proper to belong to you but having showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house <coughs> he was going from house to house but for a very different reason does that not bring again into focus the grace of God but the Paul said I am what I am by the grace of God I am what God has made me by his grace and how many <coughs> and how may such a dramatic change take place in a person's life apart from God's grace and that grace the saved and transformed Saul of Tarsus the made of a missionary made of a minister of the gospel that grace is still able to transform lives today we can take encouragement from that those who are not saved those who are not saved those that we love want to see them saved we see what the grace of God can do. Let's take heart in that. 
as well as his intrusions entering in to every house we see also his imprisonments when he searched and found Christians we see what he did howling men and women committing them to prison howling men and women the word howling means to haul it means to haul violently it means to pull or to drag that paints for us a picture Paul enters into houses looking for Christians and when he finds them let's take for example those Christians were parents of children can you imagine what it was like he enters into houses he lays hold on Christian fathers and mothers and he makes way to carry to take them to the door and the children are clinging on to their parents they don't want their parents to go and neither do the parents want to go and what has he to do he has to haul them out of the house he has to drag them away from their children it takes a hard hearted man to do that but as Paul did again this is what the Holy Spirit has told us about Saul of Tarsus he hauled believers out of their homes not just men but women as I say no doubt separated them from their children their children cried not wanting mom and dad to go and they didn't want to go and so what had he do he had to haul them out or drag them out of the house that's what Saul of Tarsus this was the man who became a man of God how do you explain that the grace of God marvellous infinite matchless grace and that grace is saved and transformed Saul of Tarsus made of a mission made of a minister still available today still at work today he hauled them out of their houses dividing families separating mothers and fathers from their children and other members of their family at least four times at least four times in the New Testament we read that Saul of Tarsus put the followers of Christ into prison I'll give you the references Acts 22 verse 4 
In fact, we'll just look at it. Acts 22. And there we read in verse 4. And I persecuted this way unto the death, binding and delivering in the prisons both men and women, binding them. Imagine what those scenes must have been like in those houses. Hauling, dragging, parents away from their children, binding them, tying them up, and dragging them out of their homes. Acts 22, verse 4, Acts 22, verse 19. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prisoned and beat. So we're told a little bit more every time we read about his past life. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prisoned and beat in every synagogue. Them that believed on thee, such was his hatred for Christians he bound them tied them up he dragged them out of their houses he dragged them away from their children and other family members and in the process he beat them as well this was the same Saul as Paul the Apostle Acts 26 Verse 10, Acts 26, verse 10. Which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints that I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. It doesn't mean he was seeking to prevent their death. He gave his voice against those who were put to death. And he put it, gave his voice against Stephen. Same situation. I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. Did we know this before? Had we any idea what Saul of Tarsus was like before God saved him? We can read these verses and just read on to the next verse without pausing and thinking about it and meditating upon it. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme compelled them to speak against Christ to take the Lord's name of them and being exceeding mad against them he was mad they saw a Christian it maddened him 
being exceeding mad against them I persecuted them even on the strange cities where strange means foreign even on the foreign cities and that's why he was on his way to Damascus he had done what he could in Jerusalem now he was going on to strange cities This was Saul of Tarsus. Can we read those words and not conclude that this Saul of Tarsus was a cruel individual? Can we read those words and not be astounded at the change the grace of God wrought in this man's life? Remember what he said, I am what I am by the grace of God. A man who committed such atrocities against innocent men and women caused such heartache and broke up homes, committed men and women, mothers and fathers, to prison. Their only crime, they were followers of Christ. then suddenly to become a man who had a burden for the Lord. The very people he committed these atrocities against, when God saved them, he gave them a new heart because he was able to bind Christians. He was able to drag them out of their homes he was able to commit them to prison he was mad against them and then a man who never shed a tear for anything he, he was doing at that time suddenly things changed Paul said in Romans 9 verses 2 and 3 I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart for I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Now he had a burden for sinners. He had a love for saints. Not only did he weep over his fellow countrymen, but he wept over Christians the people he was persecuting and beating and was mad against and hauling out of their homes <coughs> when he got saved when the grace of God reached and saved them he was then weeping and weeping over believers as we read in Acts 20 and again and his farewell address to the elders of the church at Ephesus in Acts 20 verse 19 serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and wit of the Jews in verse 31 of the same chapter therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. Warn them in the church in Ephesus 
about those who would try and come in and destroy the church and Paul warned them he said night and day with tears again how can this be explained the change but Paul tells us again Paul said in Romans 5 and verse 20 but where sin abounded grace did much more abound you press on quickly not only did Paul persecute the Christians but he persisted in his evil deeds just as Acts 8 begins with Saul Tarsus persecuting the Christians when we come now to Acts 9 where we began our reading tonight and saw yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went on to the high priest what do we read? saw yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord breathing out threatenings here's something that's not apparent by just reading those words in verse 1 of Acts 9 you take that word breathing the word breathing speaks us of what he lived for that's what the word means what he lived for I'll give you an example if someone is a fan of baseball say and they love the sport and if you get talking to them you would discover oh they just live and breathe for, for baseball it's their life that's the meaning of the word here Paul just breathed and lived for persecuting the church and persecuting believers that's what he lived for he lived and breathed persecuting the followers of the Lord Jesus breathing out threatenings involves slaughter against the disciples of the Lord we've seen how he participated in the slaughter of Stephen was in full agreement fully agreed and many of, of us have ever thought of Paul the apostle being a man like that before God saved him by his grace we read he persecuted the believers he persisted and then we have his plans he planned to go further afield for we read there in Acts 9 he was going to Damascus Saul of Tarsus did not confine himself to Jerusalem as he breathed out threatenings 
and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Such was his hunger and his desire to persecute Christians. He was prepared to travel further afield. Wherever he could find a Christian, wherever he could find a follower of Christ, he would arrest them, he would bind them, he would haul them out of their homes and carry them off to prison. Indeed, after his conversion, Paul testified as to how zealous he was about persecuting the believers of Christ. You go over there to Acts 22, the verses we have already read. Acts 22, verses 4 and 5. Binding and delivering in the prison men and women as also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the estate of the elders from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and to the Damascus to bring them which were there <coughs> bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished that's what he did for to be punished Acts 26 and verse 11 and I punished them all to every synagogue in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceeding mad against them I persecuted them even unto strange cities went as far as Damascus what was Saul considered his company his cruelty next week Lord willing we want to get to the better part but to consider his conversion hasn't been much there in looking at Paul's life prior to his conversion as it were to lift up our spirits other than knowing the grace of God can save the worst of sinners as Paul said that he was the chief of sinners when you look at Paul's life you can understand why he described himself in that way may the Lord bless his word to our hearts this evening let us bow in prayer oh our dear Lord we thank thee for the grace of God grace that has saved us grace that saved the man that saw the crosses lifted him out of the mire quagmire of sin man who hated Christians hated the gospel was mad against believers dragged them out of their homes committed mother and fathers to prison didn't cost them a thought but thank thee Lord God's grace is still saving today and where there are loved ones out of Christ and held in many a snare God's grace can save them praise the Lord 
is grace is able to save. By grace are ye saved. Dear Lord, I pray thou would write thy word upon our hearts that we meditate upon it. <coughs> and Lord, be with us tonight as we make our way home. And bless us, Lord, throughout this week again. As we pray, Lord, often keep us healthy and well as the church family and all our individual families. Keep us safe, Lord, and are going out and coming in. And again, Lord, remember the sick and our fellow laborers. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be our abiding portion now and forevermore. Amen.